Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Word Up here at Bright City. Lovely to have you with us. Um, those who are joining us live on Facebook, welcome. Those who are joining us live on YouTube, lovely to have you. And also those who are listening on the podcast. This is Word Up, our weekly Bible study, and we're going through the Gospel of Mark. I'm joined, as always, with Pastor by Pastor Akin, um, our fellow elder here at Bright City, fellow pastor and um, good friend, as I say every week. <laughs> Absolutely. How are you doing, Pastor Akin? Very well, Pastor. Thank you very much. Thank you for the introduction and uh, welcome to everyone who's watching or listening. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, word up. Here's, um, here's a quote from Charles Spurgeon, who was called the Prince of Preachers. He's actually from, you know, the 1800s, 19th century. And fantastic um, treasure of uh, preaching and, and writing. But he said this, no man who merely skims the book of God can profit from it. We must dig and mine until we obtain the hidden treasure. That's Charles Spurgeon. Mm -hmm. So that's what Word Up's about. It's about digging and mining, a bit, uh, going a bit deeper anyway. We're not skimming across it. We're in chapter nine, and um, we've just, we're in chapter nine of Mark's gospel, and we've just been up the top of the mountain with Jesus and James, John, and Peter, and Jesus was transfigured into his glorious self. You know, he, he became shining so bright that, you know, they couldn't find words to describe how incredibly <laughs> bright this, this glorification of um, Jesus was. And the voice of God the Father came out of that um, transfiguration. And, and God said, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. And uh, that was the second time it's recorded that God's audible voice voice spoke. We, we heard, well, we heard about it um, speaking when Jesus was baptized. But here it is again at the what's called the transfiguration. So um, coming down now, really, from the mountain, we're joining them as they're about to come down. So anyway, let's pick it up from verse eight, um, chapter nine, verse eight. Just had the transfiguration, just heard the voice of, of uh, God the Father. And it says, Suddenly when they looked around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept the matter to themselves, discussing what rising from the dead meant. And they asked him, why do the teachers of the law say Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, to be sure, Elijah does come first and he restores all things. Why then is it written that the son of man must suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come and they have done to him everything they wished just as it is written about him. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them 
and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. What are you arguing with them about? he asked. A man in the crowd answered, Teacher, I bought you my son, who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of his speech. Whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. Oh, unbelieving generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they bought him. When the spirit saw Jesus, it immediately threw the boy into a convulsion. He fell to the ground and rolled around, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. He has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for him who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the evil spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who would be the greatest, who was the greatest, sorry. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, if anyone wants to be first, he must be the very last and servant of all. He took a little child and had him stand among them. Taking him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me does not welcome me, but, wel but the one who sent me. Jesus, a uh, teacher, jo said John, We saw a man driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said. No one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me. For whoever is not against us is for us. I tell you the truth, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to Christ 
will certainly not lose his reward. And if someone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around his neck. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands go to hell, where the fire never goes out. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt in yourselves and be at peace with each other. That's right to the end of chapter 9. And so uh, we're going to see how we get on going through this. Quite a bit, isn't it, Pastor Akin? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Let's just pray that God helps us with this word. Lord, we thank you for the word and we ask you to speak to us through it. Bring it to life, your living word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So they're coming down the mountain and, um, and Jesus again says, please don't tell anyone. Uh, you know, we've seen that theme going through. You know, he he's, he seems like he's almost waiting for the right time. And um, we mentioned last time that there's a there's a subtle, even though we see a, we do see a crowd in a moment, but there's a real movement away from all the many crowds and the many miracles to focusing on the disciples in this second half of the gospel record. We're coming down from that transfiguration moment where Jesus is truly now revealed as the Christ. And now, if you like, we said last week, he's setting himself like Flint, if you like, on his mission to the cross. And he's telling them, you know, I'm going to die and they can't understand it. So they're coming down the mountain. He, do, he does mention, uh, well, they ask him, sorry, why do the teachers of, of the law say that Elijah must come first? I didn't mention in the summary when we uh, started today um, of the transfiguration that we saw Elijah and Moses appear didn't we and we we talked yes. about that last week and so here again there's a there's a mention of Elijah why do they say Elijah must come first and Jesus replied yes Elijah must come first and um, to restore all things uh, and, and he says I tell you Elijah has come and they have done everything they wish to him just as it is written and we see this was a reference to John the Baptist, who came as, as, as a, in the spirit of Elijah and with the, um, the, same, um, the same mandate, if you like, as a forerunner, as a foreteller, preparing the ground. And um, one of the things about, Eli, uh, about, about, about John the Baptist, he was so similar to Elijah that yeah. uh, both of them wore camel's hair um, cloak. And, and we know Elijah wore that, we know from the scriptures. Both of them ate the locusts in the desert. And so really what, you know, John the Baptist was a, if you like, you know, a, another figure in the spirit of Elijah and fulfilling that prophecy. And uh, what, what do you th think about that, Pastor Rackin? 
Yes, yes, Pastor. Oh, that's all. All, um, yes, I, I, I agree. <laughs> I know it's, it's not necessarily a great deal to add in a sense, but uh, right yeah, that's, that, exactly. that's what I'm, now in sport. When I used to play rugby, that's what you call a hospital pass. You know, you pass, you're passing it over, and there's really nothing to nowhere to go. You know, and you just get you just get hit by the enemy, by the other team. So. Apologies for that hospital answer, but yeah. Well covered, Pastor. Well covered. Yeah. What about sort of this idea coming down the mountain? You know, they've 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 experienced this incredible moment, haven't they? Of, um, you know, an encounter with the living God. We said last week it was like they were standing on the edge of heaven. You know, they they were tasting glory and and what was coming. Now they're coming down, and again they're going to hit the real world very quickly. And you know, we yes. we're coming down now. Isn't this such a real kind of we can find in our lives coming from these great moments of spiritual highs and experiences could be in a, in a time of worship or a meeting, and then Monday morning you kind of you, you know you, you're back at work, you know you're hitting these situations and what. What, what should we yes. say about that? I, I would say absolutely. I mean, it's like it's like you. It, it, I mean, you you just hit the, the nail on the head there again. It's like you know you you have these times when just like with with Peter, you know James, John, they're what we're with the Lord on the mountain. There are no distractions. You know all the arguments with the scribes and the Pharisees and the teachers. They don't have any of that. They don't have the press of the crowd. They don't have the you know the demands for food. The, the, all of the all of those things that they've been experiencing with Jesus. You know going around with him meeting the, the needs of the people having to deal with the 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 adversity of the, the, the pharisees and the religious people they don't have any of that they're just they're away from all of that they're just there with the lord and then they have this you know the, this spiritual encounter and it, it 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 has such an impact on you know peter even though he was afraid he says lord you know let's build some tents for you and one for moses one for elijah one for you and it was almost like let's just stay here we don't let's yeah. not go back down that mountain again because yeah. when we go back down there again those yeah. pharisees will be there those scribes will be there the people wanting food there'll be all these demands let's stay here lord we're yeah, staying yeah, here with yeah. you and like you've rightly said, we, 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 we do experience that in our, in our own personal lives as well, or we should do. Yep. Those times when we switch the phone off, we switch the TV off, you know, we're not taking any calls, we're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, we're literally shutting ourselves in our rooms and with the word of God, mm -hmm. with prayer, worshipping the Lord. And in those times, you know, with those with our sincere hearts, you know, God comes and we encounter God and maybe God begins to speak things into our heart, into our lives and we get excited about our future. And it's like, wow, this is this is amazing what God's going to do in my life. And then, you know, like you rightly said, I mean, sometimes I have to admit, Pastor, I don't even have to go to work the next day. I just have to open the door and, you know, you know the, the family are there, my wife's there, the children are there. And they want Daddy, no, no. All of a sudden it's like, oh, where's that? You know, where is that peace gone? Where is that? Yes. You know, it's, it just disappears because you're not having to, to deal with the reality of life. You have to deal with the bills again you're having to plan for the weekend or for the week and then like you yes. said you go to work on monday mm -hmm. and if we're not careful you, you can it's very easy to forget that encounter it's very easy to forget those words that the lord has mm -hmm. spoken to us and the things that he has shown us yes. and so um yeah, but, but we see that right here mm -hmm. but you know again the lord is very focused isn't he he, he comes down in, into the mud as we will see he's yeah. able to deal with this situation again you know he Absolutely. puts everything yeah. in its place yes. you know and it's, yes. it's just yes. amazing yes i mean jesus <laughs> had that habit of regularly if you like going he went up the mountain 
always, you know, alone, um, often first thing in the morning, you know, even before it was like to, to have the encounter with his heavenly father. And, and then that gave him the resources, actually, to to come down and face the crowds. And, uh, you know, and in the same way, we, we need that balance of life. And, yeah. and so that when we come down. So anyway, they're coming down. They've just literally been on the edge of heaven. And uh, suddenly they come to their friends, you know, their fellow band, the rest of them. And they, there's, there's the, the crowd, you know, there's, there's, there's a big argument going on. There's the scribes and the Pharisees, you know, accusing and, and all the, the, the kind of the hullabaloo of life, if you like. It's there. <laughs> and, um, you know, Jesus says, come on, what's the problem? And then we, we find the problem. It was that. You know, there was this situation for ministry and the, 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 the disciples were there. There was, what, how many of them? Because three of them went up. So there were nine of the team were left <laughs> yeah. um, working with this guy whose son, you know, had this spirit that was throwing him around. He was had uh, a demon possession of some sort. And they couldn't do what um, Jesus has asked them to do. You know, they were supposed to. So it kind of wasn't working. You know, what yeah. what's going on here? And... Um, and and Jesus, his first reaction. So so yeah, the the father comes and and please please, you know let let us help you. Sorry, help help us, Jesus. Um, mm. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. And Jesus says, "Oh, unbelieving generation, um, how shall I put up with you? You know, bring the boy to me." So there's something there. It's about unbelief was the problem. And yes. um, unbelief with the disciples was was the problem. Um, we can see we will see in a moment there was unbelief as well in the father of of some degree. But he had he had some faith because he was coming to Jesus. That's but right. but yeah. um, it seems like you know look I've I've come to your followers to to get you know help and it's not worked. And now yeah. he comes to Jesus. He says, well, can you help? Uh, can yeah. you do it? You know. And uh, interestingly that he says, can you? Um, and, and, and not, we, we saw another situation earlier where there was the, the leper and it says, if you are willing, you, you, you can heal me, you know, you will, yes. uh, but, but are you willing? And he said, of course yes. I'm willing, you know, but here it's not, are you willing, but, but are you able, you know, <laughs> can, can you do this? Um, and, and Jesus says, you know, he asks him back the question, if you can, question mark, interestingly, yeah. yeah. Well, he, he says, you know, what are you saying if you can? And then he says, everything is possible for him who believes. Believes. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you come in right. here, Pastor Akin. Yeah, so, yes, it's, 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 it's great. We've, we've mentioned this before, but how, you know, whatever level of faith that people have come to, to the mm. Lord, he's, he always responds to that. So we've, we've seen different yeah. people. We saw the centurion. We've seen the um, uh, the, 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 the um, Samaritan lady who comes to him as well. And he said about the uh, the, the blind man. And here, and, here, and here this man, he says, you know, he says, Lord, he said, if you can. <laughs> and then but the law switches it back and says it's not a, it's not a case of if i can it's like if it's if you can believe it's not yeah. if i can do anything but it's if you can believe <laughs> and at that, that yes. point you know this is trying to you know yes. and i guess with sometimes of the lord we do that with god as well we say god if you could do something no no it's not about me 
you know, it's, it's about you. You need, you need to look at something in your own life that you need to address rather than say, if I can do something or if I can help, you know. And, um, you know, the, and then the man, like you write, he, he did have some faith because he did bring his yeah. son to the disciples and to the Lord. So he had some faith. He believed that God could do something. But, you know, sometimes it is challenging when you've been in this situation for such a long time. You know, he's had, he said it he, when Jesus is questioning him, he said that his son has been like this since he was a child. So to see this day in, day out, and then, you know, to, to have that faith, to think like Jesus, Jesus can do something. But then, you know, there's a bit of doubt. He recognized that he does have a bit of doubt as well, as in, you know, can you really change this situation in a moment? Just like that, can this situation that's been going on for years and years and years and years and years, and there's been no change, there's been no improvement. Yeah. Can you actually do something right now at this very moment? And that's when he cries out to the Lord and says, you know, I have faith, but help my unbelief. I, I do have faith in you, but, you know, I, I also have some doubts as well. So please help me. Show how can I overcome the doubts? And I think it's, it's quite good, again, to be honest. You know, we saw this with that man, the blind man, when he just said to him, you know, can you see? And the man says, well, I can see people. They look like trees. And then Jesus, you know, prayed for him again. Then he had his full sight. And this man is on. He said, well, I, I do have some faith in you. But, you know, can you actually, I also have some doubts as well. Yes. And um, it's, it's a good example for us to show that, you know, the, the God is, uh, you know, the Lord isn't going to reject us. Whatever faith we do have to come yeah. to him, we can come to him. And if we do have doubts, we should also present the doubts to him as well. That's great. Yes. It shows <laughs> us to be honest, you know, and to be honest in our prayers and real. God just wants us to be authentic with him. And like you say, he, he, he can respond to that if we're real, authentic, honest and and then you know that's yes i i can i can do I deal with that i can bless that and so he heals he heals the the son um yeah. with the with the very small faith but but uh, help help me overcome my belief yes i will yeah. and and so he addresses jesus addresses the spirit interestingly by name there here's a lesson for us in our own um you, you know when we casting out demons you know we we're looking for who is this demon? What mm. is the what is its name? And we could even ask the demon what the name is. You deaf and mute yes. spirit, I command mm. you, come out of him, never enter him again. And and we see there's there's a you know there's a there's a real reaction. And it's, if you like, you you see the effect of the clash of the kingdoms, and there's mm. a shrieking, convulsing, violent, violently, and uh, throws the boy about but comes out. And, um, you know, there's, there's, there could often be, uh, there could often be reaction, violent reaction. When I say violent, you know, don't be afraid, but I'm talking about a big reaction, a big shaking. When we do address the kingdom of darkness, when we confront in, um, in all sorts of ways, but we won't go down there to, into too much detail. Anyway, the, the guy says, you know, the people watching, goodness, he looks like he's dead. But Jesus <laughs> took him by the hand. And uh, he was he was restored. So then the uh, disciples said to him, "Why couldn't we drive out the um, yes. the the demon?" And he replied, "He replied, this can only come out by prayer." And uh, one of the other versions says, "Prayer and fasting." So what yes. what about this? Why yes. why couldn't they drive in drive out oh, the demon? Yes. And, and yes. You know, I've got some thoughts and, and some I'm, thoughts on that. Yes, thoughts. brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> it, it, it's, you know, it's like it, it's interesting because previously we'd seen that the law, when he sent out the 70, I believe, he said that he had given them authority. You know, when he sent them out into the towns to go and preach mm -hmm. the gospel and he gave them authority over unclean spirits. So, so they had that authority. Yeah. He just had given them that and they yes. had come back and they had actually 
testified and says, Oh, Lord, the, the demons are subject to, uh, to us in your name. So they had that authority. They'd exercised that authority as well before. So it wasn't as though this was something that was they hadn't done before. And this is probably the reason why, yes, the man did have the faith to bring his son to the disciples. But what you see here that Jesus said that this type, and it's interesting, he said this type can only come out by prayer. And like you said, in another another uh, um, gospel, it says prayer and fasting. Yeah. And, um, you know, the commentary that I was reading, what it was really bringing about was that, yes, yes as uh, just the same way that the disciples had authority, God has given us authority in yes. the name of Jesus as well to mm -hmm. cast out devils and demons. But he was just saying that, you know, there are times when, you know, we, we need to, uh, to recognize that this authority and that the ability to cast the devils, it comes from God. And so yeah. by praying and by fasting, what we're doing is that we're actually expressing our dependence on God. Absolutely. So it's not that it's the prayer and the fasting of itself that, that gives us That's the authority. No, the authority has already been given to us. But when we pray, what we're doing is that we're saying, God, you know, give, you know, we, we are depending on you. And then when we add fasting to, to that, you know, obviously, again, we are because um, prayer and fasting is effectiveness is only when, you know, we, we, we disengage from the distractions of life. And we're actually coming to God to say, Lord, we really need you to act in this particular situation because Good. we recognize yes, that it's difficult. Yes. So it's just like when the church comes together to pray and fast mm. for the nation. You know, it's like there's a national crisis and there's there's nothing that to, as as uh, even though we, we've been given authority as believers that we can do without the supernatural intervention of God. And so by praying and by fasting, again, as I I've said it's just us saying Lord we really need you now we're really depending on you we really can't see a breakthrough or a change in this situation without your intervention so it's right. it's us expressing our yeah. dependence on God yeah it is yeah wonderful thank you yes it's that um you know maybe they've got a bit um sort of um independent complacent, no, complacent yes. yeah <laughs> this yeah come on right. Demon. <laughs> out you come oh, oh, oh. you know but, hey, no listen it's only me and the my power that drives out the demons and you've got to be in prayer connected with me everything is in christ isn't it um all yes. that we have all the power that we have is in christ the peace that, that surpasses everything is in christ it's through our relationship in him everything is in and through Jesus Christ and our relationship with him and the minute we kind of get like you say that word complacent and we just you know start to do life if you like without out of and just um without being in Christ in in his in the center of his will and um then you know things don't work and and, and we might find that the peace is going we might find that things aren't working out like they 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 ought to and all these sorts of things and so yeah as you absolutely say let's not be complacent let's be fully reliant on God and that's what that's about mm -hmm. so yeah that can only come out by by prayer then we say what happened next then they left that place and uh, Jesus didn't want it says there in that verse they left that place passed through Galilee Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. So this is, you know, it's a focused time of teaching of the disciples. And this is what he said to them. So if you like, this is what he wanted them to grasp. The son of man is going to be betrayed into the hands of men. They will kill him. And after three days, he will rise. So this again was the whole mission. And, and you know, this was the, the focus of his mission. It's the, the cross the death and resurrection of the Messiah. And, uh, you know, he, he wanted the disciples to get 
to grips with it. And it says, but they did not understand what he meant. And they were afraid to ask about it. Um, you know, in the commentary I was reading, if you if you look at the unbelief that was there, you know, they came down, he'd come down from the mountain and, you know, it just wasn't working. You look at, um, if you like, almost the pride that was there and the uh, they got a bit arrogant and a bit. And so these were some of the, the, the problems they, they couldn't grasp about the, you know, the mission of God. They couldn't understand what does he mean? And yet. Jesus, you know, was going to entrust these disciples, was going to get them to where he needed to get them in the short time between this moment and the cross. So he didn't have long, you know, and, and of course, now he would pick it up afterwards by his spirit. But yeah, and just as he's, he's working with them and trusting them, he's doing the same in you and I. So that's how uh, we can be kind of reassured by that. Interestingly, and he's saying, you know, the son of man is going to be betrayed betrayed he's speaking to the disciples mm. um judas is one of them he's listening mm. i wonder if judas had any inkling mm. that uh, it would be him at that point mm. we don't know wow. but, uh, they came to capernaum so this is where peter lived and uh, it could have been at his house when he was in the house um so he asked them what were you arguing about is he coming along the road and here we're seeing another aspect of the disciples you know not quite getting um what this life was all about and what the kingdom of god you know they were talking about hey who's going to be the greatest and they they were embarrassed when jesus asked them um and we we see in the other accounts you know and and we in one of the other accounts i think it's um is it John's, John and James's yes. um, mother's mother? Oh, yes. Yeah. Can, can, can they sit and you're left and right up in the kingdom? You know? And that upset the others, didn't that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so again, we got this, look, who's going to be, interestingly, because James, John and Peter had been up the, the mountain. You could imagine them coming down saying, look, we've been up there. We've seen it and, and we're going to get the top seats. Sorry, guys, you didn't make it. Um, but, but the humanity, the, the kind of is, is coming out and Jesus immediately addressed it. No, you, you, you're completely wrong. I'll, I'll let you pick up from there about what, what, what does Jesus say? And... Yes, yes. Amen. So, so, and, and so, so the Lord, um, you know, he, 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 he's, it's, it's, it's amazing when the, this question about who's the greatest, he yeah. could very easily have just said, you know, who's the greatest? Well, you're looking at him. <laughs> I am the greatest. Now, he could have said that, he couldn't, couldn't he? And he, he would have been telling the truth. Yeah. But he didn't. But again, he's trying to um, introduce, you know, th this concept in a way that they can understand. And so he takes a child and, you know, he's, he takes a child and brings the child amongst them because he's trying to break down all of the, the thinking that they have, because it, like in their minds, the greatest King David would have been the greatest King Solomon, you know, wh whoever's got status, who's got money, who's got power, that's how they would have graded, um, you know, the, yeah. the levels of greatness. And so the Lord wants to come in and he wants to break all of that down. He wants to demolish all of that. And he does it in such a visual way, doesn't he? By actually taking a child, you know, a child that they would have maybe probably, because I was reading a comment that a child was, they were sometimes in, that, in those days, they were seen as, um, as property. They weren't actually seen as, uh, you know, uh, separate individual human beings who would grow, you know, and yes, had potential. Yes. They would have seen as though a child is, 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 is the property of the parents so they could do whatever they wanted to do with a child. Yeah. So for the Lord to actually take a child, bring a child into the midst mm -hmm. and say, listen, whoever's going to be like this child, whoever's going to be the last, as, he's, um, as he, he said, he took a little child and, 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 um, and had him stand among them. 
and, and, and put him in his arms and he said to them, whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me, does, uh, sorry, does not only welcome me, but the one who sent me. And so he's breaking down all those barriers, breaking down their yeah. thoughts. He's coming against that. And he says, you know, you want to be great. You want to be, the, you know, the, the best. Then th this is the example that you need to follow. Follow the example of a child. And uh, that probably would have like an image that would have stayed in their minds rather than him trying to explain things from the scriptures and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's the same with us, you know, sometimes when we have these preconceived ideas of things and God, what he does is that he takes something from our day to day, our everyday life. Mm -hmm. And he explains things through the, uh, these things so that we can understand that uh, the kingdom that he is coming to bring and establish is quite different from the one that we might have in our own minds. Yes, absolutely. Fantastic. And, um, you, you know, not... You think of um, anyone who has, he also taught, didn't he, anyone who has faith like a child, or you must have faith like a child. You know, you must be like a child. But here he's saying, you know, I want you to, to, to love and to serve those like children uh, all around. Like you say, the, the least in society, you know, whoever welcomes the least, really, the child was the least, as you said, had no status at all. So the greatest will, will actually minister to those with no status at all. We think of, um, you know, and even in the world, we could see it even in the Christian world. Oh, you know, I'm getting high up now. I want to, I want to start <laughs> hanging out with, you know, you know, the big guns. I'm not, uh, you know, and maybe you haven't got time for, for those who are considered lesser or this, this attitude. I mean, I, I've seen it and uh, it's so wrong. It's, it's in the world. It's, it's you know. And Jesus is saying, no, I want you, you know, you will serve the least of these. Anyone who welcomes the least welcomes me. And let that be a, a huge encouragement to those who are doing, let's say, children's ministry, um, you know, youth ministry, things that maybe some people have thought less of for whatever reason. That's uh, they certainly shouldn't. But goodness me, you're. It's as if you're welcoming, it says, the Father himself, yes, ministering to the Father yes. himself. You yes. don't welcome just me, but the one who sent me, Jesus' yes. own words. You're literally, yes. and we could say um, that to what about those who are, you know, difficult to get along with, those who are sort of um, rejected by society all around us, those that, yes. you know, norm, have been rejected by others and um yeah jesus is saying these are the ones the greatest of you is the ones who serving these so uh, yeah a complete turnaround of the the ways of the world yeah and um i think of uh, that scripture it says you know you you should not lead as as they do in the world where the the, the leaders lord it over the people, lord it over mm -hmm. the Gentiles, but you will right. serve yes. them, you know. And the Son of Man came to serve, um, Amen. Um, yes. not to be served. So it is a completely different uh, way of doing things. Uh, good, so he took the little child, we've got that. And um, yes, here's another one. So John, he says, oh, we saw someone driving out demons. Uh, in, in, in your name and, and you know he wasn't one of one of our lot and we stopped him and interestingly John and James are called the sons of thunder so you know for a reason and it probably is a boy what are you doing you know you stop that or, or I'm coming over there you know you're not one of us 
And Jesus said, don't, don't do that. Don't stop him. No, you know, there's so many things they're kind of getting wrong. We can see, can't we? You know, in the, the way yes. they're thinking about um, being great, the way they're sort of yes. dealing with people around them, the way they're not managing to do what because of unbelief. And yet Jesus, these are the ones he's chosen and he's going yes. to stay with them. Yeah. Yes, and, and it's a great it's a great encouragement as well, Pastor Win, isn't it? That um, you know, because I think sometimes as Christians, when when we are we are reading through the Gospels, we we, send, we tend to, especially if we're reading through it quickly, we overlook all of these things if, if we don't go into detail, and we still we just have the image of the um, you know the, the the apostles from the Book of Acts. We think that you know that when that was when the Holy Spirit had come and their lives had been transformed, and Peter was you know preaching the gospel, and miracles happened. But we forget we've forgotten what they were like in the run up to that. When we read, and so as we're reading through this gospel, we're picking up on all of these things, and we've we've just spoken the Lord is that have been having to turn their you know their their thoughts about who's the greatest is turned that upside down, and now it's all about you know they've got this idea of being exclusive. You know, like you rightly said, we were you know it's us and Jesus. You know, just the, us, yeah. Jesus, maybe the seventy, but anyone who not in this exclusive group you know if you're not in this exclusive group you know you're not with us you're not you're not working with us if you're not part of our of our movement then you're not with us and he just has, has to again he has to come against that he has to to, to break mm -hmm. that down and says no if he's doing something good in my name then you know he can't in this in the next breath then say something bad about me so no you don't exclude him don't stop don't exclude people but instead seek to include people, seek to, to reach out to other people if they are, you know, if they have faith in me, if they believe in me, if they believe in, in my kingdom, if believe in what I can do, if they believe in my word, then don't exclude them, include them in what's, what's happening. And we, you know, we see even the Apostle Paul talking about this when he was in prison. He said some people are preaching the gospel for good and some for evil. But he says whatever, whatever their motive is, they're preaching the kingdom, they're preaching the gospel. <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah. the, the, and, and, it's, and it's very much what the, what the Lord is saying. And he said, he said you know, it's a challenge to us as well. You know, this person doesn't go to my church or this person doesn't come to my group or whatever it is. And then, but, you know, are they believers? Do they believe in the word of God? Are they following the Lord? Do they love the Lord? So don't exclude them. You know, that's, Absolutely. we're all part of the kingdom. Yes. We're part of the, of the, of this move that God, uh, of the body of Christ. So in, let's be inclusive rather than exclusive. Yes. So true, so true. And, and, you know, there's so many different ways and groups that, you know, express their worship and following Jesus in different ways. We think of, you know, the Charismatics, Pentecostals, you know, the Anglicans and all the different denominations and expressions. And, and we must be very careful that we're not uh, exclusive and thinking we have the monopoly on the truth or the way of doing things. We absolutely don't. And, um, and, and I think, you know, in this day that God is calling us to a, a new unity, you know, he said in, his, in John 17 prayer, let them be one. Um, this was his great prayer to the Father as we are one. So I believe in this day that God's going to do something amazing about unifying that which has been split up. Uh, through the you know over the centuries with various splits and splinter groups and denominations but uh, let oh, it be so yes. lord yeah and yes lord. We're coming Amen. towards mm. the end of this chapter i want to pick up on this he says look if you're what about this if you're um if your eye causes you to sin pluck it out if yes. your hand causes you to sin chop it off if your foot mm. causes you because it's better to enter life crippled than to go into hell 
where the worm does mm. not die and the fire is not quenched. That is pretty yes. uh, strong, yes. isn't it? Very strong. Yes. And, um, yes, and, and I know that, um, it, let me just mention as well that, you know, very close to, to, to Jerusalem or just outside Jerusalem, there was this place that Jesus, who referred to hell more than anyone else in the scriptures, mm. um, uh, he, he, he referred to this Gehenna, the, the dump of the city where things were just thrown and it was right down in the deep valley. You couldn't even see the bottom of it. All the rubbish of the city was there and there was a mm. continual burning um, of that, the, the rubbish burning it away, and there were maggots and things down there, and a, I would imagine a bit of stench as well, where yeah. things that were no use to anyone, you know, were there. And it's this picture, horrible picture of hell. But yeah. what about this chopping off, plucking out? Yes. I mean, that is that literal? We know it's not, but tell us about it. Yes, it's you quite. Know. It's quite. I mean, it, it does seem, you know, quite brutal. I mean, it's like it's just like it's just like the Lord talking about, you know, whoever will not eat my flesh or drink my blood. And, mm. you know, many people at that point, they stopped following him because they said, well, this is, is a hard thing to, for us to take. And again, yeah. we, we look at this as well and see that, is, is, it, is it literal? I mean, we ask ourselves this question, is it literal? And just as we looked at that, you know, I'm sure we haven't looked at that yet, but just as we would look at that scripture and say, well, he couldn't have been talking about his actual physical eating his flesh and drinking his blood. I mean, there's no way he would have been saying that. Mm. And so we, we look, but we look at this instance here where the Lord is saying, no, you know, pluck the eye out, cut the hand off and or cut mm. the foot or whatever it is. And, um, you know, again, I, I, I took this from the commentaries that I've been reading. And again, they, they asked this question, was it was it being literal? And what they were saying was that, I mean, one of the commentators was saying that, you know, if, for example, you, you did happen to, you know, cut one of your hands off, your right hand, for example, he says, does that actually stop your left hand from sitting as well? So what are you going to do? You're going to cut that one off as well? And he was just saying that sin does not reside in the, the physical body. It's from the heart. It's these the issues that come from the heart. And, um, you know, he was talking about, um, you know, the, the eyes, the, the hands, the feet, these things. He was, he was, to the Lord was, was, was um, what he was doing. First of all, he was said that he wasn't talking about literally cutting your limbs off or plucking your eye out. That was not what he was talking about. And, uh, you know, previously he, he had just spoken about, um, the rewards, he, he, you know, he said in uh, verse 41, I tell you the truth, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to Christ will certainly not lose his reward. But he would just say that the kingdom of God is not just about rewards, that it's also about sacrifices as well. So he was he was bringing that balanced teaching to his disciples there to say, you know, there are times when, you know, you're going to have to give up some things that that, that will cause you to be like a sacrifice. It would be as though you are plucking out your eye or cutting off your hand or your feet. And you look at if you look at the eyes, for example, it's yes, it is the things that we watch, the things that we see. And the, the, in that sense, it's like you need to stop um, looking at those things. But he was also talking about the vision. You know, what kind of vision do you have for your life? Because it's with the eyes that you see. So it was I was saying it was appropriate. You know, we in the service this morning, we had that man who had a vision of becoming a millionaire. That was his vision. He wanted to start the business. He wanted to become a millionaire. But at some point in his life, when the business went down, he had to give it up, didn't he? And But the Lord turned that um, uh, into a ministry to minister to the, to the homeless. And he was talking here about your vision. So you have a vision. You want to go in a certain way. But that way could lead to destruction. We, we spoke about that. The, uh, Pastor yeah, Rachel Pastor spoke Rachel, about this morning, yes. the broad way that many yeah. travel on. It leads to destruction. Mm -hmm. But there is a straight and narrow path that leads to the kingdom. And this is all, he was just saying, this is all about things that as 
believers, we need to sacrifice in order to follow the Lord. What we want, what we, the vision that we have for our, our lives, which we see with our eyes, what we want to do with our hands, how we want, what we want to, you know, things that we want to do. And that we were talking about our feet as well, where we want to go, the things that we used to do, the places that we used to, the things that we used to do, the places we used to go to. And it's for us to, to be aware that as Christians, we have to, we shouldn't be afraid of sacrificing these things, you know, making a sacrifice. And it's as though you're actually plucking your eye out when you have to give up your vision. It's painful. If you've got a vision for your life or something that you want to do with your life, places that you want to go and things that you want to do and having to stop doing those things. And it can be literally like you're cutting your hand off or you're cutting your foot off because you have to stop doing those things in order to follow the Lord. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's quite clear here. The Lord is just saying that rather than go to hell, like you rightly said, you know, it's not something that is spoken a lot about in the church. That there is, we speak, we speak more about heaven, but there is hell. And our Lord Jesus Christ, he's, he, he spoke about it. And he's been quite clear here that... Um, you know, persistently want doing what we want to do. You know, it can it can it can lead to hell. It can lead to us going down the, the route that everyone else is going to, which is not the route that the Lord wants us to go down. Yeah. So I'll say it's not literal. We're not plucking our eyes out or no. cutting our, our limbs off, but it, it is making sacrificing certain things yes. in our lives in order to follow the Lord. It's a very powerful word picture, isn't it? That's saying, look. Um, if there's something that's causing you, you know, and pulling you away from God and coming, you know, causing you uh, offense to God in your life, then, you know, deal with it. Do whatever it takes. And, and for different people, it's going to be different things. You know, we, we're, we're all um, we're not affected by the same things. But those things that we know are, you know, pulling us away from God, deal with it. It's serious. And Rachel really talked about that this morning. And I think there's, there's a call for us all to, yeah, come on, let's let's um, let's step up. Let's do what needs to be done to to live with God and for God and know Him more and cut out the things that are you know leading us down the wrong path. And 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 God will show us those things. We've all got them. But um, as yeah. we as we honestly come before Him and say, Lord, help me, like the man said, mm. help my unbelief. Lord, help me to cut this out help me to cut this out of my life i'm really going to work with you with this and he will and um you know we'll be on our way on the right path well we've kind of come to the end you know it talks right at the very last about salt you know and the saltiness and rachel talked about it really this morning that being different you know what makes us set apart and, and it's that um, living for God and not being just the same as the world. And if you like, not being contaminated by these things. But let's ensure that we are have that savor, that difference that, you know, makes a difference wherever we go, because uh, that's what we're called to be light and salt in the world. I think we made it to the end of the chapter. A little yes. bit of a <laughs> at the end there, but um, we've come to the end of chapter nine. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And uh, I'm just going to finish in prayer, and then we'll say good night. Lord, we do thank you for this uh, word. We thank you for that call to truly cut those things out and that we know are pulling us down, pulling us away from you. And we pray, Lord, for every person listening who wants to do that, that you would help them. And Father, speak to all of us through this word, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.
thank you everyone for joining us and we'll see you next week we'll be joined by ben next week he's back hey, uh, back in the yes. team so that's going to be fun <laughs> three of us we'll have to uh, work out how to manage the three of us hey past ranking <laughs> yes we need god's help on that one <laughs> <laughs> okay have a great week guys god bless okay, god bless all bye, bye.